Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast for March 17th. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happen on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There, you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you are interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. In 1966, a hydrogen bomb that had fallen from a B-52 bomber when it collided with a KC-135 refueling jet over the Mediterranean Sea was located by a U.S. midget submarine off the coast of Spain. It was recovered from the sea floor in April of the same year from a depth of 2,500 feet. The disaster over Spain had its roots in the Cold War tensions between the United States and the Soviet Union. For several years leading up to 1966, the Air Force's Strategic Air Command had been constantly flying bombers to the fringe of the Iron Curtain as part of Operation Chrome Dome, a scheme to give the United States first strike and retaliation capabilities in the event of a nuclear shootout with the Russians. At least a dozen B-52s were patrolling the skies over the Atlantic and Europe around the clock, each with a payload of hydrogen bombs nestled in its belly. At around 10.20 a.m. on January 17th of 1966, a B-52, commanded by Captain Charles Wendorf, was several hours into a routine chrome dome overflight, having taken off from North Carolina and buzzed along the Turkish-Soviet border. The plane now prepared for a mid-air refuel over the southern coast of Spain. Relief pilot Major Larry Messenger was at the controls as the bomber maneuvered underneath a KC-135 stratotanker. It was a relatively routine procedure, but as Messenger later told author Barbara Moran when he tried to position his plane near the tanker's refueling boom, all hell seemed to break loose. For reasons that are still not entirely clear, the B-52 came in too hot and collided with the KC-135, drenching both planes in fuel and triggering an explosion. Messenger, Wendorf, and two other men managed to eject or parachute out of their B-52 before it broke apart, but three other crewmen were killed. All four airmen in the KC-135 perished as their tanker was engulfed in flames. Word of the broken arrows, the U.S. military's term for lost nuclear weapons, caused a small army of American servicemen to descend on Palomares, Spain. Within 24 hours, disaster control teams had recovered and secured the trio of bombs that fell on land, but the fourth weapon was nowhere to be found. Fatigue-clad Air Force troops, many of them brandishing Geiger counters, were soon poking through Palomares' tomato fields in a desperate search. Others arrived and went to work sifting through the aircraft wreckage and collecting plutonium-tainted topsoil. By the early February, Life magazine wrote that the previously vacant coastline at Palomares had become to resemble a World War II invasion beachhead. Finally, on March 17th, the submarine Alvin finally located the fourth missing bomb in 2,500 feet of water some five miles off the coast. Retrieving it proved to be no easy task. A cable snapped during the attempt to bring it up on March 26th, and the Navy task force lost track of the bomb until April 2nd, when Alvin found it for a second time. Finally, on April 7th of 1966, nearly three months after the B-52 crash, the waterlogged nuke was successfully winched from the depths and brought aboard the Navy ship USS Petrel. Reporters were allowed to photograph it the following day. According to the New York Times, it was the first time the U.S. military had displayed a nuclear weapon to the public. In 1984, the 130th Cambridge-Oxford boat race was postponed for 24 hours after the Cambridge boat collided with a barge and sunk. 
The Boat Race is an annual rowing race between Cambridge University's Boat Club and the Oxford University Boat Club, rowed between men's and women's open eights on the River Thames in London, England. It is also known as the University Boat Race and the Oxford and Cambridge Boat Race. The men's race was first held in 1829 and has been held annually since 1856, except for during the First and Second World Wars. The first women's event was held in 1927 and the race has been held annually since 1964. Since 2015, the women's race has taken place on the same day and course and since 2018, the combined event of the two races has been referred to as the boat race. In the 2019 race, which took place on Sunday, April 7th, Cambridge won the men and women's races as well as both reserve races. The course covers a 4.2 mile stretch of the Thames in West London from Putney to Mortlake. Members of both teams are traditionally known as blues, and each boat is a blue boat, with Cambridge in light blue and Oxford in dark blue. As of 2019, Cambridge has won the men's race 84 times and Oxford has won 80 times, with one dead heat. Cambridge has led Oxford in cumulative wins since 1930. In the women's race, Cambridge has won the race 44 times and Oxford 30 times. Cambridge has led Oxford in cumulative wins since 1966. A reserve boat race has been held since 1965 for the men and 1966 for the women. Over 250,000 people watch the race from the banks of the river each year. In 2009, a record 270,000 people watched the race live. A further 15 million or more watch it on television. In 2009, the Seattle Post-Intelligencer published its final edition bringing an end to a history that began 146 years earlier on a hand-cranked wooden press in a frontier town of only a few hundred souls. The Hearst Corporation, owner of the PI since 1921, had announced on January 9th, a day quickly dubbed as Black Friday in the newsroom, that it was putting the paper up for sale and would shut it down if a buyer could not be found within 60 days. Hearst said the paper had been losing money for years, $14 million in 2008, and the company could no longer afford to keep publishing. Regrettably, we have come to the end of the line, Hearst Chief Executive Frank A. Benick Jr. and Stephen Schwartz, President of Hearst Newspapers, wrote in an emailed statement to the PI. The PI traces its ancestry to Volume 1, Number 1 of the Seattle Gazette, published on August 15th of 1863 by James R. Watson, an itinerant printer and most recently from Olympia. The paper changed ownership some 17 times before William Randolph Hearst bought it secretly in April of 1921. It outlasted roughly 20 competitors. Name changes and spotty records make it difficult to track the exact number. People's Weekly Telegram, published briefly in 1864, to the Daily Star, founded in 1899. The Star, once part of the E.W. Scripps chain, published its last edition on August 13th of 1947, leaving the P.I. and the Seattle Times as Seattle's only daily newspapers. The P.I.'s closure makes Seattle a one-newspaper town once again. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast for March 17th. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about the historical events from the past. Thank you today to the following websites for the information regarding the topics. ThePeopleHistory.com Palomary's Hydrogen Bomb Incident at History.com The Cambridge-Oxford Boat Race at TheBoatRace.org and The Seattle Post-Intelligencer at HistoryLink.org The music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing, as this will help keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.